You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. No, please delete that immediately. Right, let's start again. <laughs> Yo, well, hold on. Rewind. Leave on the tape, but Patrick, start us off the way we do. Welcome to Axe to Grind, the hardcore podcast. I'm Patrick. I'm Bob. And I'm Tom. Man, we're flexing this episode. I like that. Yeah, we are flexing a little bit. Well, let's uh, let's jump into it. Uh, sponsors? Sure. Uh, shout out to To Live a Lie. Shout out to Close Casting Activity. This week we're focusing, focusing <laughs> on pronunciation, enunciation, Death Wish Inc., and Run for Cover. Mm. All right, let's go to. Uh, I'm going to go to Run for Cover. Boom, boom. Um, and we we brought this. We spoke about them this band a couple weeks ago, but in the interim, I've listened to this record quite often. That new Citizen record is. Dope. Like I was talking to a buddy about, I'm, I'm like, this. If if this is the the trajectory they go on, like this is like a oh shit, you know, citizens headlining Leeds and Reading. So Tom, I, wow. I wasn't wrong. It's got like a Killers or, or Franz Ferdinand era. Vibe. It's got a lot of dance part, like danciness to it that I think is like such a smart idea. And like, because it's like. Every like you know, though all of that kind of ilk of band has done what they can do, and I think them making this kind of turn is, to me, it's so fucking. I mean, not that this this might not have been like premeditated or whatever, but it's such a fucking change. And I think like if people, you know, if there's fairness, if people hear this record, I think it'll be a really big record. It's so catchy. It's it's really really well done, and it just, it doesn't seem derivative of like you know. It's not them trying to be like Franz Ferdinand or fucking the Killers or you know any band with like kind of um, you know electronic drums and stuff like that. I just think it's it's such a good listen. It'll it's uh, uh, it's a record of the summer. Wow, yo, big words. I love to hear that. So I love it. Um, once again, we are big up in citizen life in your glass world. Go to runforcoverrecords.com. Pick up that record. Maybe be- get the Barry's uh, Throne of Ivory cassette. Maybe get the Another Michael New Music and Big Pop. Maybe get the Wicca Phase Springs Eternal Suffer on Collector's Edition. I don't know. Fill the basket. Get some shirts. Let them know Axe to Grind sent you. Mm. Patrick, take us on a ride to Deathwish Inc. Sure. Let's go to Deathwish. Uh, uh, Kings and Queens of Beverly, Mass. Uh, I'm going to be talking about a band and a record that are somewhat lost to time. And I'm glad that it is coming back into existence. Uh, However, I'm going to struggle mightily to say it. Firstly, the band's name is annoying. Secondly, the title of the record is annoying. It is there were wires, right? Which if you say it fast is gibberish. And then the name of the record is some Sam. No. Oh, come on. You're right the first time. Some. 
Ma- marble rye. Some nambulists. Some some, some nabulist. Some nabulists, which I think it just means motherfuckers that like to sleep. But it's this band is a really interesting band because it was basement screamo. Yes. That was beefy and Boston. And I think that a lot of you that love a lot, if you love AN, not for the, I don't know, the, not for the bridge nineness of AN, if you love AN for that other element, whatever that was that seemed to come out on that last record or the record before the breakup, uh, if that's what appealed to you, then there's a lot in There Were Wires that you would enjoy. And if you are just a dyed-in-the-wool screamo kid, there is a lot in There Were Wires that you're going to enjoy. And to me, <laughs> the Boston heads could tell me better. I was going to Boston pretty often at that point, but I'm sure some asshole will try to correct me. Uh, they they really offered like a like a third pathway in yes in, and and probably honestly to their detriment in a lot of respects uh, of not fitting into either scene. They weren't, uh, they probably played with the hope con, but they weren't part of that scene. And they also probably played with whatever the fuck was going there. I'm sure they could have played with piebald, but they weren't, they weren't part of that scene. No, I think there were wires were one of the bands who floated in between those worlds for sure. Played the space in Worcester. Yeah. And and, a year of our Lord, like those type of bands. And, and also kind of weirdly in the Boston basement scene that was both punk and not punk (sighs) and completely apart from the hardcore scene in the weirdest way. So, uh, third, third row, third option is a great way to put it. And I don't know if, I don't know if you guys have ever heard, uh, so this record, they they, if I recall correctly, it's been a minute since I've heard it. What's the record called? Uh, this, uh, some novelists. So they, I think they got more into pedals on this record, but the their record before this, mm. I think is a fantastic as far as fucking like screamo that I can listen to, and like and enjoy in earnest. I love it. I, th- I think it's like a, a, a really, really good uh, record. And this record, uh, I, if I recall correctly, it, it was like their pivot to like mu- much more uh, uh, a kind of uh, uh, experienced playing together, uh, c- kind of cohesive. A lot of, like I said, they got into pedals. Everybody yeah, knows. Was this, how- was this a band from like that cable scene? No, no, no. So after that, so uh, it, it if you could take that energy and then drill it down because it says they formed in the late nineties. Yeah. But like, so I remember like 97, 98, I thought. Yeah. But Cables are on, I right? only, I know the self-titled. Yeah. But I don't think they really, it, it, they say they started in the early, late nineties, but the records came out in the early two thousands and like kind of like squarely early two thousands in a lot of respects. The, 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 uh, the self-titled is really good. Some nebulists. Yeah. How to do. Really good. I'm actually very excited to to uh, revisit this record. I think that uh, this is one of the ones that when I see a uh, re-release, I get kind of excited. I go, oh, 
oh, <laughs> you oh, you don't say. You know what I mean? Like, like, what a weird choice. Uh, it, it, essentially, there were wires became disappearer, unless I'm mistaken. Uh, and then these dudes kicked around Boston to the to like the tune of like I don't know maybe um, uh, uh, Doom Riders. So you know what I mean like that like that sort of scene. Uh, and are just all good players. And I I think I'm excited to revisit this. If it's as good as the as the self titled, uh, I will be listening to it regularly. So yo everyone, please deathwishink.com. Please check out there were wires, somnambulist. And pick up a few other things in there. There's some shirts. Get you the drop dead fucking assholes don't get it shirt in white. Do it. Get, get you. Did you not get the Colossus seven inch? Because you can get it in the Death Wish distro. Oh, snap. I've been listening to it. Have you, Pat? Get you some. I have. Yeah. You dig it? Yeah, I dig it a lot, Tom. I, th- cool. I think it's quite good. I listen. I think that, and this is not just. I'm not a fishing for for uh, compliments kind of guy. Yeah, listen. I think anybody that enjoys Mind Force, and we know there's many people who enjoy Mind Force. Mm-hmm. I I think that they could also easily love the living shit out of the Colossus record. I uh, I think it, it's different enough that it distinguishes itself, but it also has yes. so much of that energy that you could just carry over. I think it's a very good record. Thank you. I appreciate it. So fill the cart. Deathwishing.com. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to our patrons. Thank you to Patreon. Dudes, what's going on? How you doing? Uh, I'm feeling great. Last week, Patrick, you were kind of slow. Are you, are you speeding up? Speeding up. I'm, I'm on the good foot. I am. Uh, my back is still a mess, but I'm powering through. I might go get a uh, cup when they put the cups on your back, whatever the Ooh. fuck that is. That's a bold move. You, you have to walk around with your shirt off, though, so you can show oh, that you yeah. got cupped. Because I think that's the thing. Yeah, like people want to just show that they got it. Yeah, you got to you got to get cupped and then go fight a professional MMA tournament. Right, like you don't do it and then toss a shirt on. You walk all around no. in like Venice and kind of yeah, do yeah, speech and be like, "Look at me, I just got fucking cupped." Yo, when we did the vacation thing, Tom. And you got Venice. It was Venice, Italy. But maybe you just need to go to Venice Beach. I've yeah. been to Venice Beach. It's fine. It's, it's a it's a. So what's wild is that Venice Beach, the boardwalk zone, is is fine. Like you said. Yeah, I mean, I went to Muscle Beach nice just to chill, see it. There's some yeah. nice chill areas in Venice. You could you could have a relaxing time there. You could have a fun time. It's it's the only problem with Venice is that you can't. You're not super near the action. You're not far from the... You can get down the South Bay pretty quick. But otherwise, eh, I guess you can get to Santa Monica pretty quick, too. I don't know. I got a, I got positive feelings about Venice, uh, California. Venice Beach, California. So, uh, a good vacation spot. I mean, we're positive Everybody about California, consider. period. I know. I know. Uh, Patrick, do you miss anything about uh, the great Northeast? Not a single thing. I'm, I'm coming back uh, in... In May, anybody that's got a problem, just uh, show up at my folks' house. I'll make time for you. Did you see? I sent you a link. If you're willing to fly into Newark, you can get some really cheap flights in May. Yeah, I'm. I. It's funny. My parents were like, because I'm. I guess I'm. In most respects, I'm doing them a favor. So because whatever, it's a whole thing. Yeah. I'm. I'm chilling. Going first class. My parents. (laughs) No, they. They said, "Hey, we'll pay for the ticket," and I said, "I said, well, I'm wealthy, so I don't need you, but." 
Oh my god! I, I don't. I, I said, but I don't love to. I don't love to spend my own money. I don't so, want to part with my money. Yeah, right. I, I said. However, if you are, if you can find a really good deal, then by all means. But otherwise, I'll take a train. And they were finding the worst fucking deals I've ever heard. And mm. like one of them, no exaggeration, forty-four hour layover. In the United States, have yeah, they not used kayaks? Yeah, that's crazy. I never heard of no shit like that. I'm gonna start. Can your dad text? I think he can. Hit me with his number. I'm gonna start texting him just to be friends. Uh, like, there's some podcasts I've heard that I think he'd like. I think he'd really like this ABA podcast I just found. Oh yeah, good interviews with Dr. J. Some good shit. So, um, and we'll we'll hit him with some good links so you can get the the direct flight to Albany International. You go to kayak.com and they'll they do it all kinds all of the layers. problems. Yeah. Um, yo guys, how do you feel about talking hour about layover? Forty four hours in hour the layover. United States. Are you going to like you- Bali? Like, what is? No, it was, it was actually very. It was it was funny. My my uh, my father, who uh, spent a significant stretch of his life incarcerated, when when he saw that, he go. He said, "I'd kill myself." And I said, <laughs> I, said "I said, Dad, you you've spent like a full twenty four in, in this in, economy in a hospital lockup. You know what I mean? Because that's yeah. for anybody that doesn't know. Like when they transport you to the hospital, hospitals have their own lockup." And it sounds worse than anything I could imagine. Not because it's dangerous or shitty, but because it's mind-numbingly nothing there. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like a imagine like a small town sheriff lockup of the type that you see in westerns. You know what I mean? Like, where was the layover, seems, Pat? You just—I don't remember. It was terrible. They—they were reading them off to me. And so my get to like, Albany, oh, this- Jesus Christ. Did they my call like, like someone? Like, did they just pick up a phone and be like one eight hundred for their travel agent? Yeah. No, listen. I, I didn't make it easy because I said uh, Burbank is my preferred airport. And oh my I god! Went, uh, you, asshole. <laughs> you know, I, I I went with. I didn't make it easy because I like a train. I'm excited to you know. I'll just spend three hundred dollars get the fucking train. You know what you should do, Pat. Tell me. If you want to just go, you want to do the train. Let them pay half. You pay half. Get a fucking roomette. Tom, it's nine hundred dollars. All right. We're going to rewind the tape to the part where Patrick was talking about being wealthy. Um, right, right. Listen, listen, dude. My wealth, my, <laughs> my wealthiest friend takes a ride share that yes, he finds on know. Craigslist from <laughs> Los Angeles to San Diego because he'd rather spend twenty than spend sixty. That's, That's probably who why I'm he's trying the wealthiest to be. friend. That's probably you know why. what I mean. That's why he's wealthy. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, if you're going to pay three hundred. And you know, if you paid four fifty, they paid four fifty, and you live like you get all your vegan meals for free. Yeah, but Tom, let me you tell you the shower. scam of that. Tom, let me tell you the scam, man. Please, please, the scam let's is, on the scam that only you know. The scam. NYHQ, <laughs> please feel free. He has a YouTube link. There, there is no room from uh, uh, Los Angeles to Chicago, just from Chicago. To or no, one of the others. So yeah. the, the the main stop is in Chicago, right? Yeah. So, yeah, you go to the station. So the yeah, it's the least pleasant. I typically have like a five hour layover in Chicago, and I go, is it worth taking all my shit to lug it to the Whole Foods? And then I look around, and I go, yeah, get me the fuck out of here. But the point is, I uh, one of one leg of the two legs of that trip, you cannot get 
a room. So you're paying nine hundred dollars to go one half of the country. It sucks. Are you sure about that? Yeah. I'm sir. I'm Mr. Train. I got more train miles than anybody. I'm Joe Biden. Uh, all right. Remember when um, we interviewed Walter and you signed in as Vice President Joe Biden? Or you? Oh really no, good. you were Pence. Yeah. So everybody that everybody doesn't know, it's very disorienting. But I go on Zoom calls and and shit like that. And on one occasion, I made my name on there, Vice President Mike Pence, and obviously months ago. And I've kept it. So now I like, there's been two times uh, the rare occasions that I have to do a professional zoom. And I came in as vice president. Mike Pence, and I said, Oh, whoops. I said, everybody, I'm not really a fan. I, it was a joke. Right. Hey, Walter. Good to meet you. Don't mind my friend. <laughs> Guys, would you like to talk hardcore? Yeah, let's do it. Let's talk let's more about do, fucking right? trains. Yeah, I oh, do. Yeah. I do want to talk more about trains. Dude, I, I watch those YouTubes. About it. Yeah, there. Ah, man, it wasn't. The, it wasn't. It wasn't bad. If I could get a a better shower, I could totally do that again. The shower was a little rough. Water power, I, water pressure wasn't great, and also it's disconcerting taking a shower on a moving vehicle. That's a fact. And you're moving. Oh yeah, like you're going. You know, probably eighty miles an hour, and I'm fucking bouncing around trying to you know wash my feet. I love. It. I love a train, and Amtrak makes me depressed. I, I let's change the subject before I, Patrick gets down. Well, Amtrak yeah, is expanding, according to JB, Jay Biden. Yeah, he's he's a fake fan. I want to see it for real, Joe. <laughs> uh, show and prove, Joe. Let's see these yeah. trains, um, guys. Did you know that Marauder minus years comp is on Bandcamp now? No, no, but I so bought the vinyl, and I'm very excited. This is all the minus demos, including. Tom, please wise me to this. Some stuff that was kind of sort of not either not easy to get or almost unknown. Is that correct? Yeah. You know what? Like I was not aware there. There was a demo right like, you know, the year before Master Killer. Oh, okay. With Minus on it singing a Master Killer song or two Mm -hmm. that I did not know existed. And you're not the only person who said that to me, including some like rather big marauder fans being like wait what what is this like, yeah it's pretty funny richie o'brien from dark side from brooklyn huh yeah shout out great band they um he was like the guy he's like a f- collector he's got like everything like yeah his you know um he he was able to help them fill in the blanks and kind of oh. be like oh you don't have this demo oh you don't you have go. this one like i don't even know if the band hat you know what i mean that's so um, cool. And he was able to kind of – and it just sucks because um, – I don't know if you're going somewhere with this, but my off, my story is – so I have the Marauder demo, like the yeah. famous one with the, the face on and everything. Yep. A friend of ours that we, we were like close with was this dude, Frank Collins, that was in like – he played guitar for Marauder and Sub-Zero and, and Confusion and all this stuff. He had a scratch tape of the drummer Vinny singing Life is Pain. Like to like show minus how to sing it, mm. so I I have that on the B side of my oh, demo. Wow, that like I've never been able to get it onto like digital. But I was if I'd known this was happening, I would have been like figured out a way to be like, here's this fucking weird thing that like probably ten people have. Yo, but, that's yeah. yeah, that's really cool. Actually, no, that was just the uh, the first question we received uh, doing a quick Instagram convo sesh tonight. Um, 
I'm very excited about those. Yeah, to have that. I am too. I, I, yo, I'm not. I'm not Jimmy Marauder, but I always find these things really interesting and kind of a way like Marauder. Much like we reference, there's bands you always check in on and go back to and go. Am I into this? Nah, still hasn't hit me right. Uh, I'm curious about this because it seems like some of these versions might might scratch my itch. Yeah, it's not as it's not nearly as 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 metalcore. Right, right, right. And it's, you know, it's like whatever, but I, I'm very curious to hear it. So um, cool and cool job on the release. I think that's Upstate, right? Upstate Productions did that. Yep. And then our buddy Jay was doing a um, cassette, right? static arrows doing like a special cassette. Um, and there's like different like Upstate like kind of went out of, you know, went really all out. And there's like Generation has its own version and Gore-Tex over Germany has their own. And this Cortex, yes. not Gore-Tex. Like all, there's yeah, like you know like two hundred. We got it. Yeah, Cortex, Core. It'd be really cool if Gore-Tex had their own Marauder version of this Marauder thing. I mean, would come with a cool jacket. Like what? What would the Gore-Tex jacket that came with the Marauder record look like? It would have to have throwing stars. Oh, throwing yeah. star pattern on the like uh, anorak. So the like half zip anorak jacket with the right. hood and, and like a thing, mm. a slot. In the back of the jacket that you could either put your sword or a, a small umbrella in. Oh, good idea. Yeah, depending on your your predilection, yeah. sword or umbrella. Patrick, what are you doing in LA? It doesn't rain that much, but are you do you want to have a sword on your person? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, it's, uh, you're coming soon on the Citizen app. Um, <laughs> we got another one. Botch, botch the band. Will this ever? ever be in vogue that's an interesting question the band yeah i mean hasn't I mean, they it been only for the were last 10 for years fucking 10 years longer than they should have been what are we talking about like yo oh, well, well, i'm gonna drop some botched well, truthism well, here well, right? whoa. You ready? wow you really are lively tonight all right what's with the yelling listen tom and i have talked about this a great deal botch didn't necessarily appeal to him and i as much as some of the other bands of the era respect to them Better players than most of the bands there are, no doubt. Sure. Uh, uh, did they have tracks? <laughs> Sorry, I, I mean to, to people like to people that like them. I wanted to say it like that, but <laughs> to be as obnoxious as possible, you go in full heel mode. WrestleMania weekend. <laughs> I look good band. They don't have the, the whatever the fucking catchy thing is that I'm looking for. They don't got it, and that's no disrespect. But here's the deal. People were on their nuts for a f- solid ten years after they broke up, and if that has died off, then maybe it's a maybe that's just the market correction. Okay, I'm with it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think so, they were pretty popular, and I think you know, like the Norma Jeans of the world don't exist without botch. That's a fact. Yeah, oh, so yeah. I think they're still relatively in vogue. Okay. Not as um, big as they were. The window's closing, as we say. Yeah, do your reunion now. Reunion now, right, 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 right. Okay, next one. Do, do, do. Uh, the greatness of Dicroitzen, particularly their first LP, and how their sa- sound is extinct, except in a band like Voivod. Um, yeah, I don't know if either of you are particular fans of Dicroitzen or their first LP. I'm familiar. I, think- I don't know them, yeah. Yeah, the first LP specifically, Patrick, I'd be curious about your opinion if you gave it a chance. It's 
it's more t- it's got more going on than void i'd say than the void like split material um but still has that manic energy it's kind of it's proto i mean voivod's interesting it's great it's to me canonical midwest hardcore uh the seven inch is just great punk hardcore the cows and beer seven inch and then the first lp it's like oh shit now we're gonna just go crazy on you i think it's definition of maniac hardcore in the same way it's right there to me with the void split and uh and Urban Way 7-inch. That's my top three crazy person hardcore of the early 80s. Yeah, a f- friend of the podcast, Sean Duty, is the biggest fan. So I, I'm familiar through him. Uh, I This suffers from the botch phenomenon. We're just going to bring it back. All right. I need the tracks, man. Uh, any bands you love now that you wish you enjoyed more during their initial run? I like this question a lot. Oh, I'm sure there's. I'm sure there's a ton. Yeah, I, if I thought about it, let me let me fucking think about it. Yeah, uh, this is a great question. I think about it sometimes. I and Tom, you might be in this camp with me. There, there's occasionally bands I miss that I'm like, damn, I, I. And it's not that I miss them, but I miss the like deep love for them. But most of the time, the bands I like, I I, I show the love while they're around. That said, there's some I was think I've been thinking about Suicide File a lot recently. So great. And I totally was into them, would go off, stage dive, the whole thing, and really had a great time and you know, I wouldn't wouldn't need to redo it. But I'm like, man, like maybe I skipped a couple shows of theirs just cuz it was like, oh, I saw them in New York and Jersey and didn't go to Philly or whatever. Right. And you know, sometimes I'm like, man, I, I should have gone for that one. That would have been cool. Um, I'm trying to think about other bands like that. Uh, just in general, um, his hero is gone. Not yeah. that, not that I don't like them, but that's a band who I'm like. Any time I listen to them, one, I'm mad I didn't get to see them because um, they. I was in a hardcore. I just wasn't super familiar with them at the time, and though I knew the name, and like, had I really been doing my hustle, I should have. One, been able to see them. Two, been familiar with them. Anytime I listen to his zeros gone, I'm like, shit, this is so fucking good. Uh, and I'm just, I don't reach for it nearly as much as I reach for shit like tragedy. Uh, I don't know. Do, do, do. Yeah. I mean, I'd have, you know what? A band that I loved at the time, but like, I wish I would have known what I was watching. Yeah. I would say Silent Majority. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I toured with them constantly. So it was like, you know, like I'd watch them, but like not be like a, I'd be like a casual. Like I loved the record at the time. Like I thought it was fucking right. incredible. But then, like ten years later, I loved them even more. That I was like, you dick, you could, you could have seen them sixty times for free, right? Right. And like, I did, but I was like sitting in the back because tours were fucking yeah. terrible and everything sucked, and you know I wasn't <laughs> yeah. having fun. You know what I mean? But like in the meet, right. I'm like, God damn it, dude! Like I, the only people would have given their fucking you know firstborn to be like. Oh yeah, I got to see Silent Majority between June and September for two full summers. Yeah, I mean a large a, a voting uh, majority of Long Island would would trade their left arm for that. Yeah, so yeah, I feel like th- they would be one. Um, huh. Patrick, you got any? What yeah. we think? You know what's interesting? I just went to my uh, <laughs> my uh, phone to see oh what you know like check my iTunes. And 
my iTunes has been wiped clean to be replaced with uh, what is on this new computer where I plugged it into charge. Oh, Apple Music. So, huh? so now I've got. If you'd like to know what I've got on my on my phone now, it consists of. Um, Don't get fired. <laughs> it's no. It's like they might be giants. The the Tangerine Dream and uh, uh, then like. Hardcore that I've been like, like it, I downloaded the No Crisis record from like oh. I don't fucking know nineteen eighty one. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, and then it's, and then that's it. That's it. That's all I've got now. So I'm gonna say No Crisis. I wish I was around for No Crisis. Um, <laughs> damn, there's one other that I just hadn't lost. Shit. Okay. I mean, it's a great question. Don't don't Very take good. shit for granted. Um, uh, do, do, do. Uh, what's everyone learned from their break from hardcore, young and old people alike? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, we talked on this a little last week, but what what have you guys learned from the break from hardcore? Yeah, I I mean I just miss hardcore. Like it, it, it's uh, I don't know. I think it's kind of like I'm grateful that it's not currently in vogue to hate on hardcore. Good job. I don't see it at least. You know, um, I always like, there's been times that I've thought hardcore was whack as fuck. Like, yeah. like the period that we're in, like whatever period we were in where I was like, yo, there's not a fucking thing I like. Yeah. But I always dislike when people make it about hardcore being whack, you know? Right. And, at large. Right. Yeah. At large. And I'm, I'm glad that we're not in one of those fucking tacky ass moments because then I don't got to deal with anybody up my ass when I say, you know, I just, I just really miss hardcore shows. <laughs> like, like when I said last week that Eric and I were getting major FOMO, Eric was thinking about flying back to New York of, because of a fucking r- rumored Murphy's show, law right. show. Right. You know what right, I mean? Right. <laughs> like, so, so he and I are like, you know, we're in a state. Uh, <laughs> so that's the thing that, you know, maybe you forget like wh- when I'm going, most of the shows I played last year couldn't be called hardcore shows at all, but I was at too many shows. You mean two years so, ago in 2019? Two, yeah, 2018. Part, wow. The fuck, 2019? 2019. Yeah, 2019. So like, it, it, uh, so, you know, I, I didn't, I wasn't thirsting for the show experience when I was, dude, playing every other month for a month straight. But, uh, you know, now I would go to most things. Yeah, yeah well, I'm not take it for granted. Although I just had this occur- this thought, that first show back, mm. I'm gonna have to wear like like I'm gonna have to get like those kids headphones. <laughs> oh, I like. Those. Oh yeah, because you haven't had loud music, yo. You know what I mean? Whoa, like I went to see my whoa. family once, and that was like overwhelming. Like I felt like I was overstimulated with my sisters just screaming and laughing. Wow, yeah, going to a fucking show with like a fucking you know some with a fucking real impact bass fucking yeah. Oh my god, I'm gonna legitimately need full on fucking headphones. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I, well said, both of you. I think those are good points. Uh, yeah, the socialization of it, I think, is you know what I mean. The sh- the music is a big part of it, but like when you you know when you put that much of yourself into something like that, like. It's kind of like the only, you know, it's the only thing I really kind of enjoy. Yeah, I, I think um, normal people suck. I, I want to just say this: I've talked to a couple people who are uh, younger, who who I don't know. You know, I actually had a conversation with a friend who was like, you know, sometimes it feels like you might talk to people who are younger 
at a show and go, Yo, are you, would you call yourself a hardcore kid? And they might be like, ah, you know, I really like hardcore, but like, it's not like the only music I like in the like, has hardcore become just another genre? And I know from conversations, there's people who are like, who maybe would have been like, well, hardcore is a genre of stuff I like, who when they took two steps back because they had, you know, a year off, like, oh, no, no, hardcore is hardcore is a thing I am very into. This is this is what I'm about. So that's kind of cool. I think it's uh, been a good reminder. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Um, to to do uh, unit seven thirty one and Iron Age on repeat. Unit seven thirty one. <laughs> I'm unfamiliar. That's not Pittsburgh. No, that is okay. It is Pittsburgh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, like beat downish. Beat down. Yeah. yeah. Rem- re- remarkably heavy band. Oh, shout out to Iron Age getting into Austin Music Hall of Fame. Hell yeah. How fucking cool is that? Mm. Uh, I love that. Uh, if Spy keeps it up, they'll definitely be one of the most important bands of the decade. Yo, that's a big swing. I, I love Spy. That's a cool hey. uh, comment. All right. Feasible? Uh, hey, still early. Still early. For, but, uh, for the band and for the decade. <laughs> Good point on both. We look, for, we look forward to it. What recent records quote scratch an old itch unquote colonial wound? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so colonial wound actually for, for Good the call. botch fans, colonial wound could turn them on too, for sure. Yeah. Um, but but for me, it's it for me, it's kicking up those like, like I said, I love the band engineer. It's kicking up those that oh, yeah. for me, but for, but for other people, it could, easily kick up um breather resist you know like it, it, anything in that pocket which is where i've been seeing the kind of fans who are probably 30 uh almost on the dot like they would have been what like 17 when that stuff was big mm-hmm. and they are fucking loving that colonial wound stuff so i think that it's right in that pocket for people that love that but then i don't think tom was a fan of that but tom is a fan of dead guy and th- there's some of that in there too. Right, I'll think Huckins. So, so like, you know, it, it's I I think they're scratching a lot of itches. Uh, I've been really, I'll be honest. Like, I I'm excited when anything that we premiere uh, is well received. I think that's great. Uh, but uh, it's been nice. It's been nice to see people uh, that I didn't expect connect with the colonial wound song so that's for cool. sure for sure uh and shout out this person who asked that question also said that the new the no escape new lp uh is scratching his dead guy kissing goodbye itch which um yeah that, i mean i that, guess that, i could see that that makes sense yeah i mean i think <laughs> um yes singer um by name and by trade um uh the chisel stuff oh really fucking yep. scratches in that like Late mid to late nineties, there was like there was like the craze and the truants. Yeah, yo, from New York, craze, I, I really liked the craze. Fun, okay, fun, dude, some bangers. The truants, you remember the truants? It was I do. This dude Sean with the he, they were great too. They had a split that I loved. As you know, didn't they do did, the truants? Didn't do the split with um, Kill Your Idols, did they? No. no. The, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to remember. Anyway, I forget. Yeah. I mean, Kill Your Idols did a million, but the, it, it scratches that like sing along like. If if I if this was a different life, I'd be at the pub, fucking sure, swinging a fucking pint or whatever the fuck people do <laughs> these days. Um, um, 
and I, uh, the porcupine record. Yeah, scratches like that. Like hardcore needs weird. And hardcore needs weirdness, and all, a lot of the weird, a lot of hardcore that I've loved over the years have had has had that weird edge. Mm, yeah. And I think it's gotten a little bit too kind of like normal dudes playing normal tunes, and I love that porcupine is not that. Yo, can we let's shout out hardcore for this? Like, w- w- this is turning out to be a pretty glowing and positive episode. So eventually, Pat will kick us in the pants. Yeah, I'll here. do what I, I'll <laughs> do what I can. But but like, shout out to hardcore for having a cool, secular way of whenever whenever the world starts to feel like there's too much of the same, some weird curveball comes in. You know, somebody throws some shit in the wrench and and tries to to make it weird. And sometimes that's really good. And sometimes it sucks, and sometimes it's just weird, but it usually creates something cool, a cool ripple at some point. Um, I could foresee that for Porcupine. I, I hope they get out and play out. I think they have I think they will. Too. Yeah. And so Chicago's fucking ripping town right now. A lot of cool shit going on. Shout out. Well, what's um, shows to happen? But good bands, at least. Thoughts on Deranged Records? I'll let you guys start, and then I can chat on it. Uh, maybe you might want to start, because I got nothing. Okay, Patrick. Um, you know, it, it, like really tied into that fucked up scene, you know, like and uh, I was not a fan at that time, but always had kind of a respect for what they did. They kept it so low key while pressing a lot of records. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I've always had a respect for the label. Um, um did a lot. Of- what I, I'm trying to think of what I would think of as as the hit for me personally. I'd have to look at the. Career suicide. So they did career yeah, suicide and fucked record. up. Before that, career suicide has hits on hits Born, on hits. Born Dead Icon. Um, they did do a Born Dead Icons record. A Leatherface discography. I didn't realize yeah, that. They did. They did the DS13 record, which, like, to tell a story, the DS13 Vodvet Om Kriget, um felt Ooh. like it could have been the biggest record going period in that whole world of like. Fast hardcore, thrashcore, whatever you want to call it. Um, Vodvet V, Om Kriget, sorry. And um, it was good, but Deranged made it feel huge, and they it was everywhere. Um, it was superseded by records they did later. They did a Violent Minds LP, We Are Nothing, that's awesome. Uh, maybe my favorite Tear It Up record, The Just Can't Stand It, 12-inch. Um, did a ton of really good records. Uh their lasting impact is the fucked up discography and those career suicide records they did. So, um, but, but like to be also fair, I think when you go further down, they do records for red dawns who were ex observers, the observers LP from the mid two thousands is like this just awesome, like LA punk style record. I think it might be, they might be from Portland or they might be from SoCal. I can't remember. But it's just awesome. The Observer's LP is so good. And then Red Dawns were good, too. Um, I know there's some Brutal Night fans out there. They did a large swath of stuff, a lot of good Canadian stuff, just a lot of good rock and hardcore and punk stuff. So um, don't certainly are lost in the shuffle now, um, for better and worse. I don't know. I, I think um, I was always shocked at how, how little it crossed over into the like bridge nine kid hardcore world because it was it seemed as accessible you know what i mean it seemed like it was right there for anyone to grab and just check out so 
I think there were barriers that were unrelated to the label that kept those worlds apart. Mm. Okay, not hardcore, but recent helmet talk got me wondering. Thoughts on the Jesus Lizard? I feel like that uh, is a Pat Kinlan band through and through. They are and they aren't. I think they're a truly great band that I probably could distill their tracks down to an LP. You know what I mean? Like a single LP. And then it's up to you how you listen to them because – Unsane, you could distill down to an EP. Yeah. Or you could listen to the entire discography and be content. And what I mean by that is it's, it's like music that you put on and you, when they hit the riff or the, the, the yell or the Mm -hmm. whatever that really fucking grabs you, you're grabbed but you are not necessarily listening with that kind of like you are every note is against your ear sort of listen. So it's like yeah. an inactive yeah. listen pretty much. It's, you know what? You're not tapping your foot. It, no. I, would say it, I would say it like that, but then a lot of people would disagree. But I think, uh, Tom, if you want my truth, a lot of them are lying. Yo, yeah, I've geez. seen them a couple of times. It's, it's, it's a spectacle. Oh, I, I loved seeing them live. I loved it, and I, I think they're a great band in every respect. But I think Unsane is a great, great band. Yeah, and I, and I still, when I put it on, I put it on and I work. I uh, Jesus Lizard is a band who I always have wanted to like more than I do. Like in my head, I like them more than I do. But I got to the point many years ago where I was like, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't hit me the way I want. Um, there's two Rollins Bands records that I really fuck with, Lifetime and... And The Silence. And The Silence, yeah. yeah. Um, and there's one other that I'm like halfway on. But I always thought there was a world where if you could take a little bit of that energy and a little bit of what Jesus Lizard... I just wanted Jesus Lizard to be more aggressive. Can I just put it like that? I just wanted them on record to be more aggressive and have a little bit more nod towards tunefulness and kind of efficiency in their songwriting. That said, part of that inefficiency in their songwriting is what that made them the band they are. So, uh, what, what can be said on that? You know, like cool band. I don't think I ever saw them live. Always heard good things. I, um, I saw them. I saw them as old men live and I was, so fucking happy. Yeah. So, <laughs> That's I, in I the mid nineties. Yeah. Oh, I would have been. Tom, what did you think? What did you think back then? I mean, you said it was a good show, but were you like, were you engaged for the whole set or was it like, Oh, that's cool. All right. I'm going to go grab some water now. Um, they were opening for, I think I saw them twice. I think I actually saw them open for helmet. They, okay. they either opened, they opened two of these shows, and I don't remember which ones they were. It was either opening for Faith No More, opening for Helmet, opening for Rage Against the Machine. I was there for the headliners. I watched them respectfully. I think David Yao was such a wild card that I was like, I got to keep my eye on this guy. Because yeah. <laughs> he might pee on right. me if I'm not watching. Right, right, right. Like, it's, you know, like, it's like he'll, he'll find the person who's not, like, totally invested. And then, then he becomes like a fucking, like... Then and then he put, come, becomes like he does like crowd comedy, but 
but like you know, like how people would be like, so where are you from? Like he wouldn't do that, but he would do the physical version of that. <laughs> He'd like stage dive and like fall on me or something. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You did not want that. No, he seems like kind of like a. I feel like a lot of people steal his kind of vibe. They try. Mike Patton included. Oh yeah. Okay. Like the Mike uh, Patton drinking pee on the stage kind of thing, you know. Yeah, but I got I got to give it up to Mike Patton, who I uh, really hate a lot. Uh, How dare you? He's a fucking born performer. Oh, he's incredible. Yeah. Born. Doesn't miss um, him. Okay. Uh, this question is, and uh, we might pivot it a little bit, but what band needs to break the ice and play a show so it gives other bands the go-ahead to play? Um, let's flip it and just say, what is the first band you want to see play a show when uh, when you feel comfortable? What's the first hardcore band you want to see play a show? Um, this is my own bias, mm-hmm. but I'd probably, like, I feel like the... The beginning oh, of fucking Excalibur yeah. will be if 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 they're the first like show back like will be the most fucking joyous thing you'll ever see. Yeah, I think so. Like, I think people are just gonna lose their mind in a in a fucking fun way and a not in a like I'm gonna pose and be as tough as I can be way. It's just gonna be like actual joy, and I that's I think Mind Force would be my choice. I'm trying to think. Oh. You know what? I know this. I know that I'm like on their dick on this podcast. I just watched that drain set mm, the, from like the when backyard. I'm, yeah, when I'm just dude. When I'm just like you know at home, I'll just put on my YouTube suggests it to me twice a week, so I'll just I'll just put it on, and it makes me happy. So I'd like to Enjoy see us. drain. Dude, that's gonna be fucking ridiculous too. We got a we got a running theme here. There's no shame and joy. Uh, turnstile, turnstile. Oh, yep. Good pick. Just the room looks can't good. can't really go wrong there. No, all three of these. I'm very happy with this. Perfect choice. Maybe we'll make that all happen together. Let's make it happen all together. Uh, favorite hardcore songs over three minutes. Um, let me look. If uh, the saddest Loose day. Over, oh, there you go. If loose knot is over three minutes, that's my pick. Um, that yeah, is like three minutes, four that minutes hard. and 33 seconds. Wow. Uh, yeah. Loose nut is my pick. I'm trying to think three minutes. It's not, but then, you know, it drags though. It drags. There's some like, like great sick of it all songs on, on just look around. Just look around. Yeah. That are like three minutes and like 11 seconds. I'm like, yo boys, if you would have done two forty five. So, so here, better. here's a good way. Uh, age of quarrel track times three twenty four. We got to know. That's an intro and a song, yeah. Right, exactly. World Peace 213, Show You No Mercy 158, Malfunction 343, Street Justice 133, Survival of the Streets 106, Seekers of the Truth 402, It's the Limit 143, Hard Times 140, By Myself 235, Don't Tread on Me 120, Face the Facts 141, Do Unto Others 150. Like what? Life of My Own is, I don't even have the track. Sign of the the Times 201. What was the cutoff? Three, three minutes. Oh, the order that shall be by by Earth Crisis. <laughs> okay, good. good also, pick. the saddest the saddest day is like seven minutes long. You know, when I think of long hardcore songs that I can I, I can rock like. with, that's the first one I go to because like long fucking song. Doesn't I don't know like if it. I I couldn't do seven minutes of almost any other song. Um, you know what I'm gonna go? For? Oh no, it's just short. Wow, that's surprising. We stand alone is only two forty five. That would have been mine. Um. Mm-hmm. 
Let me see. What's the other one? Just look around the song. Ugh. The bass sound, dude. Stairway to Heaven is only 50 minutes longer, 50 seconds longer than Satisfy. You know, a, a song that, that's crazy. A, a song that, uh, that's really crazy. A song that is, that feels long, but not in a way that I'm angry at is Downfall of Christ, which is 316. Mm. Uh, if I'm in the right mood, that is a long song that I enjoy. God, every Earth Crisis song is over three minutes. Yes, correct. That's, that's <laughs> some of them are like five. See, that's Yo. that's when we when we hit those weird like conversations. Their structures are much more like a metal song. Like they have parts designed for length, you know. Um, and that's not a. There's no. There's just like I think it's form, and it's interesting because they deserve credit. They're not the first to do it, but they did it, and they did it to at least a quality that a lot of people loved that I think they reset the ride for a lot of like, how do you write a hardcore song? Oh, people, I think that's know. very likely. I'm going to go master killer. Yeah. Okay. Three twenty. Almost, almost any Marauder song. <laughs> Life is pain. Three twenty one. Either one. You yep. can't go wrong. Okay. Tom, Tom, without looking, how long is hallowed be thy name? Um, you can cut off 10 seconds for the, for the intro. If you want, I'm going to probably say two forty. 342. Really? That's that's what Spotify says. That's probably right. Oh, but the beginning, no, it's more than 10 seconds. So like um would you give it that's 30? That's a good point. Maybe that's 30. a good point. That's a good yeah, point. That, it's still over three minutes. Forever. No, but you know what I think the, the one of the best it? samples ever, by the way. It works. We never really play it, we never use that live. Uh, I'm trying to think if no, we play very slow. That song now live is probably 245. Yes, you're correct. Because there, it's like, run, run. Yeah. It sounds like we, yeah, we ate a fucking full pan pizza and, and played those songs. Okay, uh, quick <laughs> thing. Um, your poor name is your middle name in the first car you had. Patrick, uh, my my name is my middle name in a car. The your middle name in the make of the first car you had. Fuck. Um, or the model, you know. Uh, Russell White Station Wagon. Um, What's the... <laughs> station Wagon is not the model. I know, but I don't, I don't remember what it was. My grandfather died and he gave it to me. I don't, I don't fucking remember shit, what that shit was. Uh, Matthew Regal. That's a pretty good one. That's pretty good. That is pretty good. Tom, you didn't have a car. Did you ever own a car? No. I'm going to go Johnny Bus. Johnny, Johnny Bu- Yo, Johnny good. Buzz is really good. <laughs> um, okay, this one got set in on the uh, private channels. Um, will you see the Chromags again? Like, are they now ruined? I'll see them right now. Fuck it. You guys, since you guys were fans your whole fucking lives, you have a feeling. I'm completely indifferent. Like, <laughs> I would go and see them, yo. Well, because here's the thing, though. Like still outside, an dude. Let's Harley, pull. Still an impressive dude. I'll yeah. see either version. Well, that's the versions are that, more the yeah. annoying thing. That's the like, oh god, come on. I'll I go mean, see not more. them together. That'll be the next time I go see them. True. Answer. Only reason being, full transparency, even before all this bullshit, I was yeah. over it. Yes, they play the same fucking set. I yeah, know they have a finite amount of stuff. But it's like even in the same order, it's great every time. But it's like I had seen that I probably saw the Chromags more than any other band in that ten year period. Yeah, yeah. 
And that's not, I mean, that's great. But like, I could have, I stopped going to see them before. Cause I was like, I don't need to see this again. As great as it is. All right. Uh, new worn and be all end all be like 100, 100, 100 rock hands, heart eyes. Um, yeah, yeah, I love the new Warren record and the new Be All End All is very good. Yes. I think they Hard outdid eyes. their last record. Yeah. I have I well that was what I was going to ask. I haven't heard the Be All End All record. Is it is it a step up? Yes. Yeah. I and and you I think to memory you kind of liked the first record. I did. Yeah, I, I think did. you'll like this one too. It's really good. All right. Cold World will probably never do another record Broken Heart emoji. What do you think it would sound like though? Uh I think that there would be kind of continuation of the last record where there's a mix of sampling and, and kind of non-hardcore stuff going on with hardcore songs that go into the flow. I think they'd go more, more leads, with- more rhythm, and more kind con- not groove, but like they'd be playing with crunch and groove. If and was the last sense. record had a lot less Dan? Yeah, yeah, but it, it's because that would probably just go that route too. Because a mix, yeah. The um, who sang most of it, Alex? I guess. No, Nick was on it. Alex was on it. I mean, it was just kind of. I wonder if it would go that route still. They or might if they were going to do like this, the last thing we'll get it all together. Yeah, they might. Yeah, they might well, try to get him more on it. Who knows? Uh, those are creative dudes that, that will try a lot of different things, but in my personal view, and I think the view of the majority of their fans, they they need as much Dan as possible. I think I think it would be awesome. I actually would be. That might be what twenty twenty two needs is a, a new Cold World record. It'd be interesting. Um, in one sentence, what defines a hardcore band? Wow! In one sentence, what defines a hardcore band? Uh, lacking lacking the talent to play metal. Okay. Um, this is the gears working in our head. Jesus, that's a tough. James, you have sent a very good question. That is a very good question. A- aggressive music with a message. Sound and fury. Um, that perfect world album fire emoji. Yes, it's coming out soon. Uh, um, LDB, right? LDB. Cool. Life and Death Brigade. Yeah. It's out on stre- on streaming, but it's uh, the physical's coming soon. It'll be out on vinyl. A lot of people maybe aren't seeing this. Some of the physicals delayed. Pressing plants give some of the oh, smaller yeah. labels a break. It's tough. I mean, it's that right goddamn now. Suez Canal. Yeah. I just, I, <laughs> speaking of that, I just got a message today that one of my records is uh, it, it, the physical is delayed because of that. So, yep, uh, yep. Yep. Yeah. Everybody jammed up. Everybody's jammed up. Um, Soul Search. What a band. They were dope. Yo, Wish they would have done more. Blind spot for me. I mean, I've revisited. It's pretty cool. Uh, I think we revisited for the Mosh Madness 2000s, 2010s tournament. Um, so the big thing is everybody talks about the Soul Search LP. There's a lost record. Right. Because the music was recorded, but singer never got right. around to, to doing vocals. Yeah. Happens. So maybe, you know, like in the way that Infest had a record that was recorded and then like seven years later they threw some vocals on. Maybe you'll get that someday. Never hey, Bob. Mm. Y- you, know, you know somebody at Revelation. Yeah. Why don't we just buy it? What's kind of vocals? We could try. Um, 
there's been talk with doing that with different stuff. I think um like there's other examples of this that's happened. Uh the band Invasion, uh Jesse Standhard and yeah. a bunch of the Boston dudes, uh they recorded the music for a seven inch, but then Jesse just never recorded vocals for it. Um so there was always jokes like, Hey, we're just gonna have this dude sing vocals on it, etc. Uh behind the scenes story, that's exactly how a couple of songs for righteous jams ended up on the generations comp was they had the songs recorded for invasion. So Joey just grabbed them and threw his vocals on. It was like, here they are. There you go. That worked. So, so Pat, are you yeah, saying I, you're going to buy the soul search record and you do the vocals for it? I don't think any of the California kids want me to do the vocals. But no, it's I, probably not. Yeah. Who are we, what are we doing? Are we going to recruit another Cali kid or what? Well, I'm just saying like, to be frank, I mean, this would have been more. This would have been more uh, viable as a fun thing to do during the pandemic. But we can still have fun if somebody will fucking if Revel sell it to us. Because mm. uh, uh, this is, I don't think this is shade. I know Rev didn't pay that much for it. So uh, if they'd sell it to us, then yeah, with the band's blessing, we could just grab dudes and like here, like grab an engineer. Here's three hundred bucks. Please fucking do a good job done and then you don't got to make any money it would just send all the no. money to whoever the band is the fucking charity who gives a shit it's just sure. like i get just i get on shit. a thing yeah, with I, love this it. Where yeah, I, know. I i get on a thing with this where it's like yeah lore is definitely cool and it's cool that there's a forgotten record or a lost record rather but i think it would be just as cool if like if if that if the singer doesn't have an interest in it and doesn't want to revisit that later Yo, fucking let's hear what those tracks would be like with fucking Walter from Riding Out, with fucking Colin from fucking Twitching Tongues, whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like, let's hear what it would be like. I think that we've talked about this, Bob, uh, often about one of the most interesting things in comics is when uh, the difference in in, uh, in in inkers. Yes. Like so, so these classic dudes, their inker. Can, like these pencilers, the, the, the pencilers. Everybody, you get the process. The penciler draws the thing, and then an inker comes in and, and goes over it. Uh, famously, in Chasing Amy, the, the, they call him the tracer, but it's really a very nuanced craft. Very, but, very nuanced. Very important. And now we're in a very cheap era where inkers are like a totally dead thing because every there's not enough money to go around, so everybody inks themselves. And sometimes that's great, and sometimes it's like disastrous. But anyway, point is, point is that the inker can add all the life to a thing or ruin it. And I think that's a very interesting experiment that like is fun for music too. Let's do it. Um, yo, I will send you the issue. I think it's the first issue of uh, weapon X of the uh, age of apocalypse, mid nineties X-Men crossover. Mm. It's Adam Kubert art with three different inkers mm-hmm. it is. So it's like one book, 22 pages split up with three different inkers outrageously different outrageous (laughs) it's fucking incredible it's like you would think it's different artists yeah straight up so stupid in a single book so stupid so stupid uh blacklisted does not get enough love yo please see a large swath of the extra grind catalog but um yes largely agree this is krista makes guitarist and vocalist for less than jake and host of krista makes a podcast a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, 
punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz. And up-and-coming artists of today, such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music. And I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, Man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts. And new episodes come out every Monday. The number you have reached is 100.7 WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station, it was a lifestyle. Cleveland is a rock and roll city for sure. Get down! The Wrath of the Buzzer. WMMS. Cleveland. The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles, The Wrath of the Buzzard, P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts. Hello, everybody. I'm Bruce. And I'm Nolan. And this is the Corner of Gray Street Podcast. As longtime Dave Matthews Band fans, we set out to create a podcast to dive deep into the past, present, and future of DMB. Not only do we recap and review shows within an ongoing tour, but we revisit past shows from throughout the band's history, conduct interviews with a wide variety of guests with ties to DMB, and create unique and exclusive content like our Concerts on the Corner series. Whether you're a fan of the band or just a fan of great music, we think you'll find something you'll enjoy. We can't wait to see you on The Corner of Gray Street. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I think they did for a long time, and then, yeah. you know, I mean, I think It'll that's co- on any band. Yeah, listen, it, it, it's it's almost month to month with Blacklisted, though, which I think is interesting. You know, like, you'll see people be like, yo, this era of Blacklisted is sick, people don't talk about it, and then, like, that'll get, like, 100 likes or whatever, and then fucking... Uh, then it'll just be radio silence for a while. But that's what happens when you're not putting out music. You know what I mean? Like, like, you know, there's weird eras that people aren't going to be excited about for another five years. And I don't mean eras of blacklisted. I mean, eras of hardcore music. Yep. Of course. That people are going to be excited about in five years, but they're just not into right this second. Yep. Yeah, I mean, dude, they put up um, some. I forget who it was. Like the name escapes me. But someone put up a a treasure trove of Chicago shows in the aughts. You know, and oh, and, yeah. and going forward, not there. There were two. There was one guy that like like fastidiously recorded like every emo show that ever happened at at uh at um the fireside. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you want to see Braid on a bowling alley, here we go. Like they have everything. Like it was crazy. Like really well shot and stuff. But then some other person uploaded all of these videos, and one of them was the first Suicide File reunion. Oh, okay. And it was in Chicago for Jim Grimes' birthday. Yep. Like number one, every band that played that show got a giant reaction. But do yourself a favor and go look at. I'll, I'll, I will. You can find it if you look for it. Yeah. Like blacklisted doing any of the songs from that period. Yeah. Bonkers. Bonkers. Like yeah, they, they sold out club. Like yeah. people up the fuck up to the ceiling. Everyone knows everywhere. So like, it was like they, it's not like they suffered in like in you know and no one ever gave like. For a very long time, they were one of the bigger bands. I think I saw part of that video. The room looks 
big and Not. very fact. Um, I was explaining this to somebody when uh, Heavier Than Heaven came out. We did a, I helped, I booked the Anaheim show because they did a record release weekend where it was Philly, Chicago, and Southern California. <laughs> so they flew to each show like Friday, Amazing. Saturday, Sunday. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. It yeah. was fucking awesome. I mean, it was one of those things that I think was like, yo, why don't we just do this thing? Like, this would be fun, you know? And uh, we made it. I mean, like, yo, they didn't like they they got their flights paid for basically. You know what I mean? It wasn't just to be able like, to do it. Like some Phil Collins, do it, have a fucking fun time. Like they had something to remember that record. I think it. We talk a lot about the record that suffers because it falls after a classic. The records like no one deserves, and then we talk about the last Blacklist LP is criminally overlooked. Heavier than heaven is just like that's that's like a defining record of that time frame. Like sure. right there, throw it up there with the have heart LP, throw it up there with some of the other records of the, the mid, you know, the Oh five to 2010 range. It's like, and it's easy to kind of overlook it, but if you throw it on and you haven't heard it in a while, it hits, it hits. Yeah. All right. Uh, so uh, let me just give you the yeah, name please. of the YouTube. Belugaville, B L O U G A Ville, V I L L E. It literally has, you know, Tons of like stuff from like the the killer in Chicago, pretty fucking insanity, insane. But like tons of different bands. It's it's a it's a well worth your while to sit down and watch the videos. Mm. Adjacent stuff, but the new Sweet Soul release is a major bop. Yes, it is. We'll, another we'll uh, another NMZ production. Mm. How did the Smiths become essentially hardcore canon? Good Moran. question. Oh, I'm going to say I'm I broken. Think were, I think yeah, not I, off, I, not not, far, not off. far. But I also think dudes in the '80s fucked with it. I think like it was popular. It was Brit rock that was popular, and I think weirdly. Yeah. I mean, people, you think like Porcel was going to see them when they were coming here? Probably not. Yo, yo, I maybe think yes. I think yes. Like, but here's the difference. I don't know of any pictures of Porcel wearing a Morrissey t-shirt or like repping a Smith shirt or doing Smith's ripoff stuff. You know what I mean? Um, whereas I think you go to California and a lot of those folks were. Yeah. I mean, you know, like the unbroken dudes were into it and then like, then it became a thing for like everybody. I mean, I think you know, like the cure was easier for people to get into because they had fucking radio songs. But I think the Smiths, I think f- for hardcore, I would say, between Stephen Miller and Rob Moran from a broken, those two like those two dudes I, probably pushed it more than most. I also think it's very squarely in the pocket for hardcore kids because it has it's highly lyrical, but yeah. in a in, in an anthemic way that makes sense to like the hardcore brain. Uh, the music is not. I I mean this in a complimentary way. It's not challenging in the way that some things are. Like I mean, you just described American Nightmare. I mean, that's that's kind of what I'm saying is it. The, I think the Smiths is while it's not hardcore music, it makes perfect sense to the hardcore brain. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, I think oh. that same thing with Ian. Highly lyrical music is well done, but it's not mind. You know, it's not anything you hadn't heard before. But yeah, that combination it, of everything together, yeah, although yeah, Johnny Moore also, is a pretty great guitar player. Well, well, like think about it. Like, there's people that love Faith No More, right? And yes, I'm one of them. Be, step it, well, lively. The, the, <laughs> the thing is that you have to like some type of irritation in your music. It's irritating, but the Smiths. See, never I don't think pro- it is. 
Oh, I, I think I think Faith No More is like deeply irritating music, but I, I'm I'm what I'm saying is the Smiths goes down easy but is never forgettable. That's brilliant songwriting. And I think that it really I think there's something in it that uh makes sense to the same person that the best um I mean definitely minor threat, but let's say let's say the best youth of today songs where I can even appreciate them. You know what I mean? Like where it's just, this goes down easy enough and is so memorable. So that's why I think the Smiths, why they endure for everybody, but particularly for hardcore kids. I'll throw another one out in the, um, you know, Tom, when, uh, when a sports team has say the giants, when they had the disciplinarian old man coach who had hard rules, Hard punishment, real old school. Bill Parcells. Right. But when they finally fire that guy, do they hire someone who's exactly like him or do they hire someone who's basically the opposite of him? Player friendly, right? The opposite. Yeah. The Smiths, I think, serve as the counterbalance for a lot of hardcore kids. And I think the opposite of what they're getting. No, it makes sense. Because I think the simplicity, I think everything that's been said so far exactly applies. But you could put the Smiths on in the car with your mom your aunt uh grandpa grandma they might have some questions about what he might be saying but musically no one's like if you play it quiet enough yeah you can play it quiet enough nobody's mad so how much um, do you think think performs counterbalance yeah how much do you think how soon is now quicksand doing how soon is now helped didn't hurt (laughs) i i don't i don't think it matters i think they were almost late to the game in some way it's 1995 i know but, I think I think I think I don't know. I, I think that the Smiths butted up against the the weird punk goth thing enough that it was like floating in the same record stores and like in the sure. same ways that I think hardcore and punk like butted up with new wave and that kind of thing. The Smiths cure a little bit, but Smiths for sure like were this cool weird thing that was like, oh, I can like this, and I'm not. I'm not part of the popular crew, but you know, these are the people I roll with. You know, I, I, I uh, you know, I, I really dislike nostalgia. I, I, I don't like getting verklempt about shit that I could still find a way to enjoy if I still wanted to. So I, I, I don't like doing it, but I just got genuinely wistful and kind of like sad in that far away way thinking about, discovering new music at a record store. Uh, went into a record store this weekend, like a weird, um, like just like not, not a punk record store or anything, just a random record store walked into with Amanda and Easton. And uh, like they had a big, for, for rando record store, they had a decent sized punk hardcore, like used selection, bought a Cyclops seven and shout out to the, Shout out to the uh, the the Cyclops fans, um, and it was so cool. Amanda was like, "Oh, this is really nice. I haven't been to a record store in a really long time." <laughs> and she, you know, she's not trying to buy yeah. records, but she was just like she was flipping through just because it was like, "Oh, I haven't done this in a long time." So yeah, yo, shout out to record stores. Yeah, it's just a, so it's great. a very visual and tactile experience that is fulfilling. So fulfilling. Uh, how many people standing behind the amps on stage are too many? Three. Ten. 
do you I've have read, I've, said, venue, I've said this a number of times and there's some pushback from our audience because not everybody likes gang shit i don't really like gang shit but if you got a gang that's kind of that's like the only time i want to see a gang is behind the behind the amps i think that that's fun uh but in general like like not like like dudes that don't have face tattoos eh three yeah, I mean, it depends. Are you talking St. Vitus? Are you talking, you know, <laughs> big show? Right? Pl- yeah, right. you know what I mean. Um, but there, yeah, there is a certain point that's like, all right. Yeah. Do yeah, you have? Right. Do you feel any differently if you're a fan in the audience or if you're performing? Like, do you do you care if there's people like a bunch of people behind the amps when you're playing? Yeah, I don't really enjoy it. Okay, Patrick. I'm like, you know, not that I'm like, get out there and mosh. <laughs> But it's like, yo, dude, it's fucking crowded up here already. Right, right. Especially the places we're not playing fucking MSG. So it's like, do you have to be back there? You, one idiot takes one wrong step and the guitar goes out. It's like, yeah, yeah. we got we, we got to hit this all on, you know, the first time because, you know, we don't do this very often. So, like, one thing go, goes awry and then it all goes awry. Yeah, I'm going to say for myself, sometimes it feels like a vote of confidence. Like when you play a festival and you see that the like the the musicians that you respect are like that's yeah, the rabble rousers have gathered to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Like like it's cool. That's different, um, too. Yeah. It's like uh, that's a that's a cool vibe uh, when you see somebody that. I don't. I don't know if I even look up to anybody, but when you see somebody that you're like, oh, that's that's cool, you know, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, but you know, I think that's different. Like, if it's someone who's like uh, otherwise would have been like sitting backstage, but they're like, but I'm going to walk out of here and see what's going on. That's different. I'm. I think more of like, you know, Stage my asshole go. friends that are like, you know, we're we're we, you know we're setting up, and then everyone in there and their family. Not really their family, but I was gonna say everyone and their mother, but I don't know if that's appropriate anymore. <laughs> like everyone decides to like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna set up shop back here. Is that cool? That's different. To be able to look over and be like, oh shit, so and so, you know, like I have a ridiculous story about something like that that I feel like is too name droppy and braggy to talk about. It's not braggy; it just seems name droppy. So I will, I will hold it till after the podcast is over. Sure. <laughs> um, but like that sort of stuff is one thing, but I think like just like. Your friend from high school who goes to the one show yeah, a year and it's either me or sick of it all and he stands behind the amp and like Justin can't get to like his like guitar strings because that I find a little annoying. Yeah, but like when I look side stage, like uh, we played in Orange County and I look side stage and it's like one of the dudes from All Else Failed lives lives out there and it was like it, it like that's a band I really respect and like so I was like oh that's that's lit that he's watching right like, and then there was Elvis Costello stand behind him and that weird <laughs> well, flying baby from that cartoon you like like they were all, all lungfish showed up they were winking crazy. and smiling at you that was cool. And, I should say that my band got a kick out of uh, Brian McTurnan uh, watching mm-hmm. us at some th- at some festival. They they were all like, "Oh, that's cool." <laughs> you know what I mean? That that sort of shit is is fun. Um, but that's if it's just the guy from your high school, you can fuck the right the fuck off. Go out there and dance. But that's usually what comes to it's like oh, and you and it's like we're like you know like the we've become like the cool kids from high school. So like we're older, but we still know how to act that we we don't act our age in a, oh, yeah. in a decent way, in a cool way. Yeah. Like my friends that don't go to things and they show up and they're like, Oh shit, you are 45. <laughs> and you're like, you don't know how to act because you haven't done this in 25 years. Right. So 
All right. Uh, next one. Let's do this. Um, no, no. I, I, it's, I both agree with you guys, but also it's like sometimes we get these questions because like it's cool, but like sometimes people will come to me when I've done a show like, yo, there's too many people behind the amps. I'm like, are you in the band playing? Okay. Oh, if you're, see what if I you're not do. in the band playing, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, tell- yeah. I just don't. Hey. It's like it's so little energy. Like I'm like, oh. Like, yeah, you, you go tell the dude with the name like Murder Floyd to fucking get the fuck <laughs> off the stage. If it's if you're not in the band, you know what I mean. Go 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 do that. Go. Hey, the guy with his fucking area code tattooed under his lip. Go say that to him, please. <laughs> right. I, I always think about <laughs> Jesus. I think about like you know the half heart shows. Right. Sure. I think of poor Bob <laughs> looking like he was going to commit a massive homicide suicide because like, so I was like, I'm not going to stand up there. Cause I, of course I want to stand there. You get to see everything. You get to see the fucking, the wildness of the crowd. It's a great vantage point, mm-hmm. but I was like, I can't do this to the dude because like everyone is everyone's best friend now. And I'm like, I'm just going to stand back here. Like I felt te- like, but something I think most people don't have that, um, that where I thought to be like, maybe, you know what? Maybe I don't need to be up there right now mm-hmm. in the way. Mm-hmm. But I've got like, yelled at by people enough to not. Yeah. How many so times like, have you been somewhere? You're like, get out of the way. We're loading up. I'm like, hey, buddy. The side to me is more just like, yo, like if you're in the band, and you don't want people up there. Let your let your people know. Let the promoter know. And then when you're playing, just let people know. Just be gentle about it and get them out of there. If yeah, you're not like, in the band who's playing. Is it impacting your experience? I don't you know. It's it takes. There's so much conversation. Uh, that said, it's it's a fun conversation. Some sometimes it's been long enough that I'm willing to have it now. <laughs> yeah, um, but at that show, I was like, this this dude's gonna. The, for the most part, the the indoor show was fine. The outdoor show was pretty uh, bad because it was also on like a, well, there was like a couple. A there was stage. Most of the bands were fine. Uh, all the stage divers and people stayed off. There was one group that was a little rough, but the, I think it was all just uh, their decision to have people up there, which was good. So um, everybody yeah, everybody fine. left it happy. So that was good. Um, been revisiting Iron Lung lately. Real good. Also, California is killing it right now. Um, yes. California is killing it right now. They are. Yo, a big Iron Lung fan, tell me the record. Tell me the record you really like because I've checked in on them and like some stuff, but none of it's stuck to my bones. So somebody who's big on Iron Lung, reach out. Tell us what your Iron Lung record is. Yeah, because I've watched some of the live sets and I'm like, this is cool. Like I could oh, probably get, definitely get into this. Yeah. You know, and then it's like, but I don't know where to start. Yeah. So but I've watched so, some like the, U- the videos on YouTube and I'm like, this is this is fucking sick. This is I can get into this. Uh, California's done the pandemic right in terms of there's been existing bands creating new stuff. There's been new bands popping up. There's been new bands who started obviously before and have some stuff going on. I just think. Thanks, Gavin uh, Newsom. Yeah, yeah. Gavin Newsom has handled the pandemic exactly right. Thank you right. for Gulch and thank uh, you for Drain and God's Shout out aid. to the 2024 presidential ticket, Newsom Kinlan. Uh, everybody vote in for VP. Yeah, So, um, Best dive bombs in hardcore. TUI, Walls of Jericho, Venom, uh, Venom and Tears era throwdown. Oh, I was like, <laughs> Venom. Yeah, yeah, I was like, Venom? I don't think they know what a dive bomb is. 
probably gonna go fucking Wells Jericho. Does Ty have like? I don't know if they have a lot of that. <sighs> Wells Jericho definitely has a lot of. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm thinking of their prior band. I think fucking uh, Earth, Earth Mover, Mover has has dive bombs. I, I I remember the first time that somebody showed me how to do a dive bomb and all that. I was like, wow, that's weird. Music's really weird, huh? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, Earth Crisis is probably the most famous of the hardcore bands to be enamored by them. Wouldn't you think? AF. Oh, yeah. Cause for Alarm has some good dive bombs. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know I'm going classical on this shit, but all right. Um, I'm going to vote against Venom and Tears Era Throwdown. Uh, Rise and Fall are criminally underrated. That's the statement. Okay, I mean, I don't know certainly, if I cert- certainly we we prove they have their fans because people enjoyed uh, uh, Bob's uh, expose. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think for um for a European hardcore band, they got a lot. Of I love mean, there. dude, they were bigger than ninety percent of the the U.S. bands, mm-hmm. and well deserved. Um, yeah, yeah yo, you know what? I think we got to do. Is just work on this because I don't think I think this person's energy is right. I think this person should yeah. say Rise and Fall is awesome. Yes, they are. Rise and Fall is a great band, and I don't necessarily hear as many people talking about them as I might like. That and that that in your immediate circle might mean criminally underrated, which works. Um, and they haven't been a band for almost a decade. So um, we did those shows on them. That was awesome. Uh, that was I, great. Yeah. I think I think if we can get Bjorn to stay up late enough to come on which i think he would we should have him on as a regular guest i would love that um they were all great they were great storytellers and just like yeah amazing so anyways uh very very good band um and if you haven't heard them maybe they are underrated but i I think they did well i think they did well uh this is a two separate questions but they work well together so i'll read them together one how great is the move seven inch then the second question unrelated Two is the seven inch dead. No, I think the group, the move seven inch is awesome. I like the, uh, there's a really great energy to it mm-hmm. that I think live it's going to be even more energetic. I can't wait. I think it's going to be super impressive to see performed live. I love the artwork, lyrics are cool. I, I'm into it. And yeah, I, I think I said this a while ago. A lot of TUI in the DNA there, and uh, I, I was surprised at how much I took to it. Um, seven Inch is never going to be dead. I still, I, I think it's rough if you push put out a seven inch and are tr- like if you're doing your of record label for the first time and you put out a seven inch that doesn't do well, it might ward you off against doing more records. <laughs> I'll say that because it's a hard break even. But it's always going to be a format. It's always going to be something people use to try to get out there. I would prefer more economical and resource uh, valuing formats. But at the same time, I'm looking and I have a wall of records and a pile of seven inches on top of my turntable. So um, it's not dead and the move seven inches is good. Patrick. Um, I can't speak to the move seven inch. I can say that the uh, seven inch is in remission. True. Do you want to elaborate on that? 
the seven inches in remission. Sure. sure. Yeah. Um, everybody got the memo that people prefer to listen to 12 inch uh, records because they're less annoying. And even in the capacity that people uh, aren't listening to records, they're simply collecting them and listening on uh, digital uh, uh, streaming platforms. Uh, they still like larger art. So very true. So seven inches in most respects are not, they're inessential. They're, they're, they're unnecessary where I think they shine is singles where I think they still have a life. Um, or I could see a lot of value if you were like a fast, hardcore band and that was your pure intent. Yeah. I think that that would be a great place for seven inches to, to, uh, continue to really, really be a thing. Uh, but, in most respects, they're just, they're an inferior format that I just have a lot of affection for. So I, I, I hope they're not dead, but there's no debate when you hold like a beautiful looking, uh, LP or just like 12 inch EP rather just 12 inch anything. Um, yep. <laughs> it's, it's really, really nice. It's a nice experience. And a seven inch is always going to feel more disposable to more, mo- most people. All right. Uh, this one is, Thinking also, about, oh, I'm sorry, Bob. Ahead, I should please, say, please. I should say, they also don't make any financial sense, which is yes, that's, key. Yeah, we we talked about that a lot um, for a yeah. while. It's they just aren't. They're a hard financial proposition for someone trying to put out records, unless you sell them all, and then it's okay. It's a break even. It's fine. Um, there's been kind of a boom during the pandemic where people have been ordering more records, which is cool. Like there's been more disposable income. We didn't get to it on last week's episode, but one of the things I was going to say is like a suggestion is keep up the supportive energy of buying physical media. It's important. I'm not saying that it was going to go exist, go extinct uh, far from it. It, it wouldn't have, but if you look around, you might see that some records are creeping up in price. Like you might see like an LP you want to buy and it's like, whoa, that's $30. Huh? I thought like a year ago that was like $18 or $15 or whatever the price point was. And now you're seeing stuff that's like, no, it's 30. And the more you at large support the things at the price range that you can, uh, the more they'll stay there. Because what won't happen is that Bands won't stop putting out physical media, at least not for the next decade. It'll just get more expensive. And then the market starts to change rapidly to a pure collector market, which maybe that's okay. But but I think it would be radically different very quickly if uh, if we didn't see this nice little bump that's been happening. Okay. Um, thinking about the One Scene Unity Comp Volume 2 lineup, it's fucking perfect. Uh, guys, would you like me to read you the uh, upcoming lineup for this compilation? Yes, it. I've seen it, but I could use the refresher. Okay, it's available this summer on From Within Records, One Scene Unity Volume 2, featuring exclusive tracks from Cruelty, Moment of Truth, Payback, Invoke, Mind Force, Pain of Truth, Point of Contact, Year of the Knife, Dead Heat, Final Right, Scourge, Struck Nerve, Robbergade, Burning Strong, Striker, Outnumbered, and Almighty Watching. Good mix. Yeah, it's it's a lot of, you know, you got like the anchors, like the the mind forces and the, the year of the knives. 
near the mm-hmm. knives. Um, and there was one other big, bigger band in there. I can't think of Dead the Heat. Dead Heat, yes. Um, so you know that would bring folks to 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 the comp, regardless. And there's a lot of um super solid new bands on there. Um, I've heard some of the Almighty Watching stuff. Mm. It's very good. Mm. It's our friend Kyle Nyland. You mean Kyle from Glory? Kyle from Glory. And out for justice. And the artiste for the Colossus Evidence and right. a lot of a lot of records. Yo, Kyle, yeah. Kyle deserves some big shout outs. Shout out to Kyle Nyland. Does a lot of uh, both album art and merch designs. Um, yeah, he if, did the be all end all cover. Mm-hmm. If you're if you somebody who needs it, track him down. Kyle Nyland. Dead at birth um, on, on social medias. Yeah. But it's yeah, it's it, it's cool. And Almighty Watching, it's a bad brains thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it, it's a really good name. It's a good name. Yeah, because at first Alex was like, yeah, it, we were like, was it too religious? <laughs> but then no, they're like, no, if no. you know, you if you hear, know you Almighty Watching. Yeah. yeah, you can hear it in your Almighty head immediately. And yes. just go, You've never heard oh. that in another way. Like I would never, as soon as he said it, I was like, oh, bad brain. Yes. Yeah, precisely. Yeah. Oh, Great reference. Uh, best 21st century Ooh. record by hardcore bands started in the 80s. 21st century record by a band started in the 80s. Wow. By a hardcore band started in the 80s. Fuck. I was going to say Lifetime, but they just missed the cut. Yes. Yes. Just miss. Yep. Hardcore band in the 80s. (sighs) It's tough. I I might go that last Descendants record. Okay. Are we consider them hardcore enough? Sure. Fuck. All right, so that's pretty yeah. fucking tough, man. January first, two thousand one. It's a, okay. Um, man, that's a tough one. Oh, Patrick, yours is the Amoebix record. Oh yes, it is. Yeah, easily. Good point. Yeah, it is. Um, that's the record that got him canceled. What's that? Was that the record that got him? T- no, 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 no. It's, it's a band after that. Yeah, Tau Cross. Uh, yeah, that's Tau the Tau Cross, Tau Cross okay. record. Right. Um, let's see. The other one that I can think of. By the way, we did uh, an episode when we did our hardcore questions about the 90s. We talked about bands from the 90s who maybe have the longest tail. Somehow, and I want to thank the person who hit us on Instagram. About, oh, it was Josh Card. Our homie Josh Card hit us. Oh, yes. Uh, he's like, um, maybe, maybe Hatebreed. Maybe maybe Hatebreed has the longest yes. talent. It was like, oh, yes. yes. Yeah, that's it. That's yes. the answer. <laughs> you, you are correct. Um, all right. Uh, since this one sneaks in on that end, Fugazi, the argument. Again, I can pull this one. Uh, started in 87. So, or 80, yeah, 87. Um, though I, I like the Amoebix answer too. Neurosis might have a couple that slide in. They start in the 80s. That's true. Uh, Tough question, um, but here's one that kind of harkens back to Pat, to Tom's answer. Any band whose comeback record post breakup long hiatus is their best one? Um, I mean, I know. love everything sucks. Yeah, and that might be my favorite beginning to end Descendants record. Oh, like from, know. there's nothing I would skip on it. Yeah. And even their best have the song or two. I go, so I you'll, you'll take that. It, it's not for me. Um, and to be honest, like uh, some of it's weird production stuff. I just, 
his vocals ride a little bit higher on that record, much like all the the all records, you know. And it's it's purely like, hey, it's the '90s. What do you want from us? Um, hmm. Or along some of those 2002 all all records, but I don't know if they were around in. Oh no, they were around. Yeah, this is and this is just they they kind of steady. We can do long hiatus too. Um, comeback record or after a long hiatus, it's tough. Uh, Into another record was good. Yeah, that was a really good record. It's not their best. Not their record. best. No. no, I don't think anyone's come back and put out their best put out record. Their best. That's tough, man. Yeah, I mean, the Lifetime Records great. It's Lifetime doesn't Records beat. really, really, really good, but doesn't beat either the Church's Best Dancers or, yeah. or um, Hello Bastards. Yeah, you know, it's a tough question. I'm thinking. I'm trying to go back to like uh, none of the classic punk bands really did it. I haven't seen a first wave hardcore band do it and do it well. No. You know what? What I mean, I, it's same name. Mm-hmm. Well, no. What were you thinking? The second blood clot record. Oh, okay. So the first blood clot record was like full on like near new metal. Yeah. But then he did that second record with like it was way better, right? Joey Castillo and Todd Yu, and it was like a fucking it's a like a really really good fast like a fucking hardcore punk record. Yeah, and they Yo, were in the eighties. Same name, you're right. Uh, I yeah, think, I mean they were totally different bands every yeah. time. But um, uh, b- 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 Dinosaur Junior, not a hardcore band, and their best record wasn't this. But when they came back in the you know mid aughts, late aughts, yeah. Beyond um, is a great record. Beyond is a great record. Farm is a great record. They they they're really good records um, that fit right in their canon. But to actually surpass, and it's tough because you go, are are we judging by their only by their classic? Like, all right, you guys are you guys are um, what's the sick of it all record from the mid nineties? Scratch surface. Scratch surface. Not better than blood sweat, right? Okay, listen. And there was no it long is. hiatus. So, no. so oh, this is a good this is a good conversation. I think I'm hearing from you guys. So, scratch the surface has higher highs than almost the rest of their catalog put together. It also has a couple fucking duds on it. Um, I go all over the place with my ranking. I used to rank it number one, and then we listened to everything I want to say. Did we do that as a, did we do that on purpose or did I just do that one, one weekend? I don't remember. I think that one weekend. That was you. Yeah, that was you. So I listened to everything and I don't think that I necessarily put scratch the surface there anymore because the corny moments, look before scratch the surface, sick of it all was never corny. I, I, maybe someone would disagree. Tom, as a, as a near expert, how, how would you feel? Oh, definitely not corny before that. But that we can say is the tipping point, right? I would say built to last. I feel okay. like I feel like Scratch the Surface was still hard. It is. I mean, listen, Scratch the Surface is a to me, it's an all time record. It's fucking great. But I think there might be a couple things where you it, it maybe you cringe today. You know, maybe you cringe. And since that time, every record has had a sprinkle of cringe is that fair oh, to say? yeah yes so i i've gone kind of i've flipped on scratch the surface where and i've also heard it too much i listened to it all the time when i was a kid so like i think i actually 
I know, I know we've said that just look around is not the record that some of these other records is, but I enjoy it more because it's the one that I haven't heard all the, the time most. and it's not corny at all. You know what I mean? So I, I've gone all over the place. I, I don't know where I stand today, but it's a superior record than 99% of music released at the same time. So for whatever that's worth. You know, another band, well, a comeback record, not, mm, fuck. It's tough. I think we're uniformly I, saying it's, we we aren't finding one, but there that are. That uh, comeback record is pretty great. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they did. Yeah, that was really good. Like, Sean that Mike wrote, yeah. yeah. Um, man, I, was, I had one in my head that I was like, I think somebody might make an argument for this, but then I lost it. I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, no. I, I lost it on my own. <laughs> I'm trying to think. It's a, it's a fantastic question. Um, why is that though? Like, why do you think that is? Do you think it's, do you think they're losing the magic? Do you think there's something lost in the original formula or, or like, is it something else? I mean, I think if if you've gotten to the point that you're doing a return record, you might have put out something really great that people want you to return on. Yeah, that's a fact. That's true. There we go. So it kind of narrows down. There's bands that put out like one record that no one gave a fuck about. Yep. Their, reunion, their return record, no one gives a shit about either. But it's like if you're making a return record that people are actually looking forward to, that means you have minimally one classic in your back pocket. Right. And I remembered the one I was going to reference. Uh, there are people who will say that infest no man slave is as good as their first the slave um lp uh and no man slave came out in 2002 and i believe no man's i believe slave came out in 89 or 88 so that's wow, uh, right. that's a long that's a long layoff but it's yeah, not yeah. to me it's not better it's not better than slave slave came out in 80 and it wasn't written um, in the 2000s either right it was written like ninety five. <laughs> Waiting for from what Joe I understand, it was yeah, it re- was recorded in ninety five, and then they put the vocals on it in two thousand when uh, wow. dude got out from um, school when he graduated. School. Correct, yes, long tenure. Um, yeah, yo, so so I mean, five year plan. Patrick, you've been in some long term pa- bands. Um, what's the longest period that self defense has gone without releasing new music? Um, we released records records over the summer. Isn't that true? So probably be. Um, I don't know. I, I, All I right, don't let know. Let me pull up your been, discogs and pull this up. Has there been more than a year and a half? I you so. know what? I mean, now. No, didn't we put out music over the summer? Oh, you did singles, right? Yep. Um, you've done so so since so full lengths. You did twenty thirteen fifteen. 18 but there's some 12 inch singles in there and, and records that certainly have like significant amount of music and going back beyond that i think it was like 2010 2006 you know um but you were always kind of putting together music uh was there any time where you felt like whoa the time frame between recording and Tom, I'm going to ask you this next. The time frame between recording was such that we've been out of touch or there's been a shift in the band? A shift in the what? Yeah, I don't know if I got the question. Okay. <clears throat> Sorry. 
Oh, wait. Uh, uh, so, Bob, so connect uh, this to uh, comeback or long hiatus records. Okay. Has there ever been a time in your career as musicians doing bands, whatever, where the time between releases or recordings was long enough that you felt like there was a shift either tangibly in the band, maybe there were changes that made that impacted the sound, or just something had changed? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, from Indecision MPB. Right, well, and I was going to use that as an example where I think like you, you kind of noted like, hey, there is a change. You know what I mean? Same right. people, yeah, same people writing and everything, but like we just all individually got better at what we were doing. Right. Tom, you, you got better and you became your you became actual effective editors because that first MPB record has zero we went through it actually. You said that there might be two songs you two songs you'd call fat. I would say it's a very lean record. There's no fucking there's not very much fat on it. And I mean, I thought it was good. And with with that in mind, those the, the indecision records did not they don't have that going for them. You know, so I think that I think that you guys became players, but you also like maybe became more self-critical or were like, oh, hey, we're a serious band now. We we got to look at these as records, you know? Yeah, you know, I don't know. About, I think back in, I think we're just kind of like psyched to be back together mm-hmm. and we just like wrote some shit. Well, I don't it, know if we ever. I mean, it, it still it had it like it felt like new new project energy despite the same players. And then you kind of realize like it's. It was not – well, I mean, I guess here's a, here's a way to look at it. Do you look at Most Precious Blood almost as a reunion of indecision? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think we then wanted maybe to Maybe take- you have an example. Then Nothing in Vain might be an example to some people. True. Yeah, we took the pressure off by not using the name. Yep. It was, an, it was it, uh, you know, it was part of our canon anyway. Mm-hmm. And I just think the, the band was different the second time around. Like right. it was, there was more, there was more equal than it was the first time. Right. And so there, like there me coming back right. with, made, with a different thing yeah. before it was just like, Hey, all our friends from high school are in a band together. Then, yeah. then be like, Oh shit. They got back with the old guy. Mm-hmm. Although, I mean, I, older, I was only 24 at the time, but <laughs> you know, age is relative. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, yo, I mean, that's then, then I think that's an interesting example. You know what I mean? Cause we just cited like same players, but like there was a change too. It wasn't like, it wasn't like, oh hey, same same everything. Like you guys got better. Some time had passed. Pulling from different wells, I, like right, you know, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Like, that was, like, I was like force feeding Justin. His hero's gone. Well, and and you think about it, yeah. Like maybe that's something to talk about with these comeback records. Is that it's almost like you should embrace the stuff that has changed in that interim, as opposed to struggle to try to cling to what was before. You know what I mean? Like there's got to be a a beautiful medium in between like cosplaying as yourself five years ago and totally, totally disconnecting from that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Patrick, you got, you know, the, 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 the pendulum is swung to you. Do you have any notes of that? You, you also were in a band who changed your name and things kind of changed musically. Do you feel that? I mean, I would, I would change both band names tomorrow. Yeah. I, yeah. The, I, the, I don't, I'm not married it, to this sort of shit. It's not about the, the name, uh, right. It's about but it's about the energy around it. Yeah. And 
you know, it's it's a funny thing with names because they're they're in so many respects they're your equity, right? Like they're what you're banking on in the future. We've seen plenty of bands that have essentially done the failure version of what Indecision Most Precious Blood did, right? So like, hundreds of times, it, hundreds of times, and uh, so kudos to the Indecision dudes for taking the risk on that. But the the we Thank we've you. seen that fail a lot. Um, so they are, your name is your equity, but at the same time, I'm just like an obstinate dickhead that thinks that that's, it's worth taking a chance if you just, I mean, I'll put it like this, not to be like dismissive of my own body of work, which I respect my body of work and I like it a lot, but who gives a fuck? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's fine. Who gives a right, fuck? Do you think the bands change? I think what Bobby's saying, like, yes. I mean, self-defense is like a weird thing because you kind of had like the... The like end of year self defense family as a name, so like it was a strange kind of Transition. change. But do you yeah. think like did the vibe change with the name change? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I felt I, I think felt it did. Wrong. It got less hardcore, right? Yes, for sure. It got weirder. Um, let you do more stuff. Yeah, uh, I also thought that it signaled uh, that we were willing to do whatever we wanted. Now, granted, nobody's. Here's a fun fact for everybody at home. And particularly for like, when I talk to like a 25 year old dude, who's like agonizing over some musical decision, yeah, nobody cares as much as you do. Correct. You know what I mean? Nobody on earth. So like you can be like, I can say all sorts of shit. Like, well, I thought it signified our, our willingness to do anything we wanted and uh, experiment and blah, blah, blah. And like, nobody cares. Like nobody cares that you have this grand ambition in your head. All they know is what's on the fucking record. So either they like the record or they don't like the record, but all your grandiose fucking plans of like, well, I'm, you know, it's, it's deconstructionalist. And, but what this means as we move forward now means, yeah, this is who we're going to be. No. Yeah. Listen, Bob's run labels. He knows full well. The only thing that fucking matters, if you have some mythos, that's cool. You got some lore, that's cool, whatever. But at the end of the day, people got to like your records first and foremost. And all the weird, like overthinking that, that you do when you're a kid is fucking stupid. So, uh, I can get all heavy on the name change, but ultimately, uh, Tom just drilled it down. We just stopped playing music that was nearly as hardcore and it became slow. So but the name change was allowed, allowed you to do that. Right. E- yeah, easier. But, yes. But I would also say Tom that if, if that is the case, it was all in my head because it's not like we had such an equity in our name that we couldn't change if we wanted to, you know? No, there wasn't, there wasn't the equity. I mean, cause there's other things that happen, right? Like, like you see certain, like, like for for indecision MPB, Tom, your interests grow and change in that interim time. Change maybe the wrong word, but your interests grow, expand. Your experience in the world changes. You've had some time away. You reflect on what you did, think about it, etc. Same thing for the other people in the band. They had experience with this other person. What they liked, what they didn't like, what they loved about doing the band with you, what your strengths were. Everything starts to play in there. Same thing happens to anybody. I mean, to to go of what you were saying about this stuff mattering or not mattering, this is fun convo. Everybody likes this, like comeback hiatus records. Like, yeah, I actually, I think there is a sonic difference between some of the the end of year and self defense material, but you they overlap and kind of line up in weird ways too. So you know, there can be arguments made every which way. I talked to. I, two, mean, I think. Oh, go ahead, please. I'm sorry. No, no, I, I had some other thought about like comeback stuff. Yeah, no, I, 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 speaking about the the matter of any of this, 
I, I talked to a couple younger bands about doing a split record or should we do a split or is it cool if we do a split or what does it matter? And I was like, well, how honest do you want me to be? What do you want me to say here? And they're like, well, no, be, be all the way honest. I was like, yo, it literally doesn't matter. It literally doesn't matter. Like this is no, unless you're doing a split with a band that's so much bigger, that's going to, this, this is just like, it was like a, uh, an idea born out of something kind of unrelated. And they were like, "Eh, eh," they were lukewarm on it. And I'm like, then don't do it. And they're like, well, do you think, I'm like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter. doesn't matter. doesn't matter. And they're like, okay. And like they laugh because they got it. They got the idea. And it's like not something I was involved with. It was just kind of like a random reach out. And I was like, yo, I'll I'll give you my opinion. Please don't be offended. (laughs) I don't want to offend you. I'm not saying this. No, of course not. Yeah. It's like if you don't want to do the thing, don't do the thing. It's not going to break. It's not going to break you one way or the other. It's, you know. No. So you were going to say. Well, I mean, even just like, you know, bands coming back and stuff like that, you know, Justin and I have this conversation because it's like, you know, he's he's the the jilted ex that's like, so this is the Colossus stuff. Uh, you know, now he wants to write in decision songs again. Oh. You know, so he's been in like the basement with the drummer and all sort of stuff. And he's like, been in the lab what do with I the pad do? The pad. Yeah. Like, but I haven't been privy. I haven't been there yet, which kind of weirds me out. But like, and he was like, well, what do I do? Like, what do you mean? What do you do? And he's like. Do we, I mean, do we like, do we want to sound like what's going on now? Do we want to sound like our set? Like what the, what the fuck do I do? <laughs> and I go, no, I mean, but he makes a good point. No, no yo, those are, because those are like, conversations you, know, you should be having with your friends and bands. Right. So it's kind of like, you know, could we come out and write a fucking tuned down record? You know, that sounds like knock loose and people be like, look at these guys still with their finger on the pulse. Sure. Mm. Or do we want to like, you know, plumb the you know all the stuff that we did before but it's like what are you gonna listen to your fucking four records over and over again until you come up with ideas that sound similar enough that people go cool yep Yep. right so here so tom here's the problem is that justin was borrowing from stuff the contemporary stuff that he liked and that's he did a great job of reinterpolating (laughs) no it's true and and that's part of what made you guys really good was that he was not riff stealing. He was cherry picking and going, Hey, I think I can do this part better. And then on very, on more than one occasion he did. So if you try that now, that's an interesting approach because I don't know what he's listening to now. You know, if he's listening it's to like whatever to, they play on like liquid metal, I was going to say, if he's listening to Billy Joel, it's going to be a problem Yeah, in it, the it, middle of the night. <laughs> if he, I mean, like if, I made it like a playlist of like hardcore. I told you this. Remember, yeah, I was yeah. like, he's like, make me a playlist. I was like, all right, cool. I'm like, how far back can I go? And before I, um, and, and you know, before I insult you and he goes, I don't know, 2001. And I was like, what is wrong with you? Like, yeah, what is wrong with you? Like he had no, you know what I mean. Also, you, to, to, it's, at that point, I'd be like, "You were a touring musician at that time." Yeah, how, and how do you not know anything? I don't. I know. mean, yo, think of it. I mean, a lot of sick of it all tours. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> but I, mean, I think it's a, that's a tough thing right? too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a tough thing. I mean, think about like what was fucking Yemen and fucking Ari thinking about writing that record. Yo, you know I mean, what I mean? It's right, kinda, because yeah. it, it's funny because I think it's a good example. I think they wanted to stay. You want to stay true to who you are and your identity and all that, but more so, you want to be tr- stay true to 
your energy and spirit of it. And that, if you're a creative person, that's literally definitely not rewriting the record you wrote 15 years ago. Right. And I think you know? the, the, the reunion lifetime record is probably poppier. No, no question it is. Not as poppier, hardcore as the other stuff. Shorter songs. I mean, I, I did a big breakdown on this. Shorter songs, they moved further away. Like, if you listen to Hello Bastards and even some of Jersey Best Dancers, there's still remnants of like 90s mid tempo hardcore on those records. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that's non existent on their 2000s. on those records that doesn't exist on no the, right that's non-existent on the the, the self-titled record so but now is that them listening to fucking fallout boy and saves the day to kind of be like all right well these dudes took from us so like let's like kind of get that i like get that juices get those juices flowing i don't think it is to- i don't think it is but i think it's them extrapolating like what is the stuff we like what what was our aim of the band like i would almost say it's more like Yeeman looking at the trajectory of his band like like sonically the Kid Dynamite records take the vocals off both records the Kid Dynamite record like listen the second Kid Dynamite LP and the Lifetime self-titled you could really find some parallels short songs that occasionally go for uh, like uh, some tempo shifts but pretty pretty brisk Kid Dynamite is way faster than Lifetime ever got but Lifetime's fastest material is certainly that self-titled record so I think I think it was kind of paring down and stripping out and going, all right, what were the things that we wanted to be about? And what were they at their most like root element? And where do we go with that? What does that mean to us today? And like, I'm sure like Ari is this musical, like he, as a dude who I went to his record store, like he was a dude with broad musical taste and could talk to you all about sixties pop and like, different types of stuff that had all these pop elements. So I'm sure there was some like interesting intertwining of ideas. And that's, that's what I think is cool. Like with indecision, it's like, yo, what, what is our music about? What were we about as people? And what could we do sonically that would both feel alive and fresh without feeling like we're being something that we're not, you know what I mean? Like, it's tough. Yeah, shoot, it's a it's a big ask. I think that's why there was one <laughs> lifetime reunion record and not like, hey, let's let's just keep here we go. It's like, whoa, we did that. That was right. cool. All right. And I mean, at a big level, knocked it out of the goddamn park. Yep. Yep. You know. It ain't easy. It ain't, it ain't easy. easy. All right. Yo, uh, that was all the questions we got. But we have a bunch of more questions in our mailbox. We'll we'll get to them. But uh shout out to everybody. Um Yes, thank you, everyone. Peace.